Good morning, Chapel Hill, and welcome to Pentecost Sunday. We are so glad to welcome you to worship. Over the last few weeks, we've been in a sermon series called Elevate Others, and this is the last sermon in that series. We thought in this season, when it's so easy to turn our thoughts inward, our focus inward, that it might be well for us to be reminded what the Bible has to say about turning our hearts outward, about caring for and elevating, lifting up other people. And so we've talked about various qualities that make it possible for us to live those kinds of lives, qualities of empathy and, and forgiveness and humility and sacrifice even. This morning, for our last sermon in this series, I want to talk about another quality that I think is essential. It's encouragement. When was the last time that you heard encouraging words spoken into your life? When was the last time that you spoke words of encouragement into the lives of others? Honestly, in a season when the word pandemic is on everyone's lips, it's a little hard to not be discouraged, isn't it? I mean, we find our courage kind of being sucked out of us. And with some of what's going on out there, it doesn't make it any easier. I walked into a grocery store the other day. The minute I walked through the doors, I heard a familiar bass line to a classic rock and roll tune. In fact, I bet you recognize it. And the first one to name that song on chat wins a special prize. Listen up. Are you chuckling at the irony yet? What's the name of that song? Another One Bites the Dust. And this wasn't just playing like in low background music. They had this puppy cranked up. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Somehow it seemed incredibly inappropriate. And I thought, surely the manager's going to hear this song and run over and, and turn the thing off. Nope. No, he didn't do it. He just kept pounding away. In fact, if there is an extended version of this song... That's the one that was playing. I finished shopping for all my vegetables. I got in line to pay, and that song was still playing in the background. Another one bites the dust. As I said before, we got to laugh. If we don't laugh, we're not, we're not going to make it through this. But surely that choice of, of background music when we were all pushing around our little carts and trying to avoid getting too close to each other and wearing our masks and grabbing our bananas very carefully, surely those... That song was, was not quite as encouraging as it might have been, right? Well, I want to talk about encouragement. And, and by the end of my message, I hope that you are going to be a better encourager. You know, I've never met anyone who didn't love being encouraged. I coached my daughter Rachel's a softball team when she was about 10 years old. And at the end of that season, the girls decorated and gave me a baseball hat that said, Mr. Encouragement. I love that hat. I prize that hat. And I prize that they, they thought of me in that way. Who knows, if you pay attention to what I have to say this morning, maybe by the end of this week, your family's going to give you a Mr. Encouragement or a Mrs. Encouragement hat. I hope so. Our text for this morning comes out of Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Let me tell you a little bit about what was going on there. The Thessalonians had all kinds of questions about the second coming of Christ. What do I mean about that? Well, when Jesus left to go back to heaven after his resurrection, the angel said, hey, don't worry, he's coming back someday. And when he comes back, he is going to set all things right. 
The first time Jesus came, he came as a Savior. He came as the lamb that was led to slaughter. Not the second time. The next time, he's going to come back as the conquering king, as the judge, as the one who's going to set all things right. All rebellion, all illness, all pandemics, all warfare, all violence, all of it will be made right. That was what Paul was teaching. That was what the Christians believed. But the Thessalonians, it turned out, were nervous. You see, they were already beginning to experience persecution. And some of them were wondering if, well, if Jesus had come back and, and they'd missed out. Others of them were concerned that if loved ones died before the second coming of Christ, were they just out of luck too? I mean, too bad. If, if they were dead when he came back, no good. So Paul wrote this letter to set them all straight. He said, first of all, Jesus has not yet returned, I promise you. And when he does... Everyone who's loved him, everyone who's followed him, both the living and the dead, will be caught up to meet him in heaven and together in a way we can't even understand. We're going to join with him in the glorious reign over this world. That was Paul's teaching. So he corrected all of their misunderstandings and all of their phobias about this. And then he wrote these words. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And then he kept on teaching a little while longer, clarifying a few more things. And then he repeats himself one more time. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would speak to us through your word, that you would encourage us through this word to us, that we might be better encouragers of others. Help us to do that through your spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Many people have asked me in these last couple of months, Pastor Mark, do you think that that this pandemic is a sign of the end times? I don't have a clue. Jesus said none of us would know when the second time, his second coming would be. But it certainly has, it seems to be one of the indicators, isn't it? But whether it is or is not, our call as believers in Christ is to continue to hold up the hope of salvation that we have in Jesus and to offer discouraged people that greatest of gifts, encouragement, to to top off their courage tank a little bit. And the Greek word for encouragement is really interesting to me. Uh, this is a little bit of my Greek geek coming out, but, but I still want to share it with you. The Greek word for encourage in this passage is parakaleo, parakaleo. And it was actually a legal term. It was used to describe the attorney that would stand next to you in a court of law. And there's something really cool about it. Jesus used this word as the nickname for the Holy Spirit. He called the Holy Spirit paraklete. The one who stands alongside, the advocate, or another word is the encourager, the encourager. This is Pentecost Sunday when we are celebrating the great gift of the Holy Spirit poured out upon us. Every believer in Jesus has the Spirit of Christ living within us. Think about this though, when Paul says, encourage one another, when he says, parakaleo, what he's really saying is, I want you to be like a junior Holy Spirit to each other. Just like the Holy Spirit stands with you, advocates for you, encourages you, I want you to do that to each other. Isn't that amazing? 
We are called to be little Holy Spirits of encouragement to one another. And the primary way that we do this, Paul says, is with our language, with our speech. Paul says, encourage one another with these words. Words are powerful, aren't they? I want to go back to that that sacred hymn that I began my sermon with, uh, Another One Bites the Dust. It was really controversial at the time because of something called backward masking. And some of you will remember this controversy. And it was the idea that if you played the song backwards, you could hear hidden subliminal messages that were intended to influence young minds. And so I tried it out. I had to test it out. And so I pulled out my album, which for you millennials, that's the vinyl. I pulled out my album and I put it on the turntable and I ran it backward with my hand and sure enough I swear I heard it saying start to smoke marijuana start to smoke marijuana the thought was that if teenagers heard this song the power of that subliminal message would influence them to want to smoke pot Fortunately, since marijuana shops are an essential industry in our state, if playing this song this morning has stirred up cravings inside of you, you'll be able to run right out and take care of that problem. Backward masking. It was a bunch of hooey. But it is certainly true that words have great power, especially words of encouragement. And so this morning, I want to talk about three types of encouraging Words that you could speak into the lives of those around you. Words of construction, words of comfort, and words of community. Construction, comfort, and community. First of all, Paul encourages us to speak words of construction, which sounds weird, but that's literally what Paul writes when he says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up. That phrase, build one another up, that is the word that you would use to describe the construction of a home or the construction of a temple at the time. One of our greatest acts of encouragement is to speak constructive words of grace and affirmation. And Paul practiced this himself in nearly every letter that he wrote, except for the Galatians. He was so ticked at the Galatians, he just kind of jumped right down their throats But every other letter that Paul wrote in the New Testament, he always started off with words of affirmation, told them what they were doing well, gave them attaboys and attagirls before he turned to dealing with the stuff that he wanted to work on them with, the things that they needed to learn. And in fact, he did it in in our text this morning. I don't know if you noticed that. He, He used an encouraging word of praise in this text when he said, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You see that part? Just as you are doing. He encouraged them to be better encouragers by encouraging the encouraging that they were already doing. Say that 10 times. He encouraged them to be better encouragers by encouraging the encouraging they were already doing. We have a saying in our leadership team here at the church, you multiply what you bless. You multiply what you bless. What do we mean by that? It means if you want a certain type of behavior, then every time you see it, call it out, affirm it, lift it up, celebrate it. Every time you catch your kids doing good, celebrate that, bless it. You're going to multiply it. Every time you catch your church doing good, call them out, brag on them, tell them how, what a sweetheart church they are. 
A Harvard Business Review article reported that um, the ideal praise-to-criticism ratio is about 5 to 1. They checked in with a variety of, of different teams, and they found the most effective teams were those who spoke words of praise about 5.6 times more often than they spoke words of criticism. And interestingly, but not surprisingly, they found the same thing to be true in marriage. They found that those married couples who remained marriage, married uh, spoke words of, of praise about five times more than the words of criticism, a ratio of five to one. <laughs> Not too surprisingly, the ones who ended up getting divorced, well, their ratio was 0.77 to one. They spoke more critical words than they did words of affirmation. It doesn't come as much surprise, does it? It is so easy for us to speak words that are destructive. We're inundated with that kind of message from the media every single day. And it only plays to our worst instincts. We hear words about uh, pessimism and paranoia and, and gloom and doom. Just when we think we're about to accomplish our goal of flattening the curve, well, we're told that, that there's going to be a second wave, which could be even more destructive than the first. And of course, it's possible, right? Who knows? But that's the point. No one knows and when we focus so much on the negative, when we speak words that more about destruction and not construction, it, there, there's nothing encouraging about that. I'm not suggesting that we ought to stick our heads in the sands. I'm just asking this. What is your praise to criticism ratio? Do an honest self-assessment. How many words of the words that came out of your mouth in this last week how many of them were more constructive as opposed to destructive? If you want to be a better encourager, start right there. So Paul encourages us with words of construction. And then secondly, he calls us to encourage with words of comfort. And for this, I want to look at a, a different text, a different letter that Paul wrote. It's his second letter to the Corinthian church. And I just want to read it. I'm not going to put it on the screen for you. I just want you to listen because I want you to count how many times the word comfort appears. All right? So here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort. Think he had a theme going there? Did you count how many times the word comfort appears? Nine times. Nine times. Paul says, listen, when we suffer, God comforts us. And then we learn how to comfort from the Lord and are able to comfort others with the comfort that we have received. That's the summary of the passage. That's as simple as it is. But here's the thing I wanted you to see. That word comfort, that's the same word as encourage in, our day, in today's text. It's parakaleo, the same word. It's the same word, comfort. A second way that we can encourage one another is to speak words of comfort in times of pain and loss. 
One of our members was in hospice a couple of weeks ago. He had only a few days left. It has been so difficult for us as pastors to care for our church, for those who are sick and those who are dying. And, and this man that I cared about, he was going into hospice and he wasn't going to come out. And so I decided I was going to go and pray with him. So I went in, and it was quite a production. I mean, it was the gloves and the gowns and the mask and, and the uh, sterilization and the negative pressure room that I had to go into, all of that. But I was so glad I did it. When I got there, I was able to pray with this man. I was able to pray with his wife. And I was really glad because he went to be with the Lord the next day. You may not be suffering right now, but there are plenty of people around you who are. People who don't have a job or have lost their job. People who have a job but don't know what to do with their kids. Single people who are experiencing this isolation in a magnified way because they're all by themselves. Or married couples whose marriage is on rocky ground and so being cooped up like this has made things worse. We speak rightly of the dangers of not staying home, but there are dangers for some if they do stay home. The Seattle Police Department reports that there's been a 25% uptick in domestic violence over the last two months. Even if we are not personally suffering, the, the Spirit of Jesus calls us to notice those who are and to reach out to them and encourage them with words of comfort, parakaleo. So we're called to speak words of construction, words of comfort, and finally, words of community. The word that I told you, parakaleo, it actually means literally to call alongside, to call alongside. Say, come here. It's not just to come alongside someone, although that's good, but this word is way more invitational. It's reaching out to another person, inviting them to join us in our journey of life. We've never lived in a neighborhood where we had good friends that we could go for walks with. We live in one of those neighborhoods now, and we have those kind of friends. And often I will get what is just a single word text from my friend that says, walk question mark, walk. I know exactly what that means, and I know where we're going to meet. And we often do. We go out and join them in a journey around our beautiful town, safely distant, of course, but walking together, coming alongside together. This virus has made it harder to invite others to come alongside, hasn't it? But the crowds that I'm seeing even today The crowds that I'm seeing downtown suggest that more and more people have decided that part of their staying healthy is staying connected with other human beings, even if it means walking on the opposite edges of the sidewalk. Come alongside. Come alongside. You're going to have to figure out how you can speak encouraging words of community in a time when we are told that we cannot be together. Parakaleo, encouragement. Such a great word. I met a young woman this last week. She is an incredible athlete. In fact, she's probably going to get a full-ride golf scholarship at a big university. We were talking about her golf instructor, who happens to be a friend of mine. And she said, I've had a lot of teachers, but he is the most encouraging person I have ever worked with. Those were her words. And you know what? I could echo that. She is right. 
I think this, this guy is, has a spiritual gift of encouragement because every time I'm with him, I am lifted up. I am elevated. And what a gift that is, right? I don't know if you have the spiritual gift of encouragement, but you can hone the skills. So let me ask you this question. If your friend was talking to me and describing you, would they describe you that way? As one of the most encouraging persons they had ever met? If you want to elevate others... Here's a great starting point. Encourage one another and build one another up. Let's pray. Jesus, I love the fact that that your nickname for the Holy Spirit, the fellow member of the Trinity, was paraclete, the encourager, the comforter. What a gift! What a gift to know that the Holy Spirit that has come to live inside of us brings with Him the gift of encouragement. And Lord, I pray that as we we hear Your Word today, this admonition to be greater persons of encouragement, that You would inspire us. You would open our eyes, open our hearts, open our mouths to speak more and more words of encouragement into people. Fill them up with courage. There is so much discouragement right now, Lord, and we need to be lifted up. We ask you to do that first of all for us through your Spirit, and then in that same strength, Lord, would you make us those who encourage others. Would you make us many paracletes? Holy Spirit, only you can do it, and we ask that you would do it this week. Through Christ our Lord, amen.